not what Columbia looks like. This is what Columbia looks like. The best place for Columbia College news. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. Covering the stories Chicagoans care about. They are calling for one Chicago. This is Chronicle Headlines. Welcome into this week's episode. I am your host, Blaze Mesa. On today's program, we will be discussing tattoos, art protection legislation, and naturalization events. But first, Mayor Rahm Emanuel created the Chicago Resilient Families Initiative Task Force. The task force will determine the viability of basic income. Basic income is no-strings-attached payments to certain residents. Ontario, Canada tested out a similar program, which will be phased out in March 2019. Ontario gave 4,000 residents up to $1,400, and residents with disabilities received an additional $500. The biggest change I saw was really a restoration of dignity for people. Uh, People, for the first time in many years, uh, people who are experiencing deep poverty for a long time, after going on the basic income pilot, uh, had a little bit of extra money they could they could utilize to um, to buy that extra food, to buy a winter coat, uh, buy a brand new winter coat for the first time in, in in one particular case, and people felt a lot better about themselves. They started dreaming about the future and and what they could do. That was Tom Cooper, director of the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction. Cooper worked with 1,000 recipients of the Basic Income Program in Canada. The resolution in Chicago to create the task force was sponsored by 36 aldermen when it was introduced June 27th. Chicago has no immediate plans for a basic income system. Switching gears, I have Livy DeLoyan joining me in the studio along with Jermaine Nolan. How you guys doing today? Good, Blaze. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. Livy. I'm doing quite all right, don't you worry about it, but you, you have a story that you wrote about tattoos this week. Uh, How exactly did you come across that story? Well, um, this Saturday I had gotten my first tattoo ever at, what place am I getting at? Logan Square Tattoo. Um, And so I really just wanted to look into other college students who have gotten tattoos. Obviously, being at Columbia, a lot of other students have them, so I wanted to just sort of look into that. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, I've seen plenty of college students with tattoos, and I've seen tattoos all over the place. A couple people we work with have multiple tattoos, but I did not know that 47% of Americans aged 18 to 29 have at least one tattoo, and that uh, uh, is according to a 2015 survey ran by the Harris Research Institute. Or, yes, yeah, a research institute. Did that surprise you as much as it surprised me? It did surprise me. I knew that it, that the number was a lot higher than it would have been, you know, say 10 years ago, even maybe five years ago. But um, yeah, I mean, it is definitely a growing trend and it makes sense now. Yeah, and then Ashley Wollaston, mm-hmm. a tattoo artist at Pioneer Tattoo, had also seen this growing trend and she had this to say. Students kind of lead um, what's going to be in style for tattoos. It's weird. It's like, it's you guys have always given us um, a little bit more freedom with creativity because it's, maybe it's now because of the online presence. Um, I think definitely college kids have been tattooed forever, but I think now the style of what you're getting has evolved into something maybe a little bit more like fun or creative. 
So again, that was Ashley Wollaston, and then you actually talked to some people who got tattoos, is that correct? Yes, I did. So you have a tattoo. Jermaine, do you have a tattoo? Um, yeah, I have a couple. A few. Interesting. A few? <laughs> what, a cu- what's a couple versus a few? Um, what's the more, I have more than two. More than two? Yes. Ah, you're on the, the poll there. You got <laughs> at least the one. That's that's interesting. Now, not to get too specific, but when you guys got your tattoos, did you get them just because, or was there a meaning behind it? Um, I think it's safe to say that anyone who has very nice tattoos, all of their tattoos are very nice. Then they recently started getting tattoos. I have some that are that I'm not the proudest of, but it's just because that I got them when I were young, when I was younger, and you know I had to develop what I wanted on my body. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. And Livy, you spoke with uh, Parker Alban, a sophomore photography major who had actually gotten some tattoos. What did they, you know, how many did they have, if you can recall? Parker has one tattoo. He just got it back in March of this year, and it was it's a pride tattoo, so it's like five bars um, showing the, the colors of the rainbow because he just came out to um, his family, and he wanted something as a reminder of that, and he says that he's extremely happy with it. Yeah, and then we actually have him going a little bit uh, into more detail than we would on why he got the tattoo and what it means to him. I wanted my first tattoo to be a uh, pride tattoo as I came out, like, a year before and I wanted to get I just got five straight bars on my arm just because I wanted the design to be super simplistic but still have a lot of meaning and background to me um after I got the piece finally done I was probably the most happy that I've been in a while now I'm actually a little bit interested you know I have nothing against tattoos but I know some people who still think they're kind of unprofessional I know that the the whole thought behind it is changing you know hence the article being written but did any of your sources ever receive any sort of you know negative feedback or something like that as a result of their tattoos uh, no the one one of the sources that I talked to has um, two full sleeves on both of his arms and he said that he has not received any negative feedback and that he He's gotten a lot more compliments um, instead, actually. A full, two full mm-hmm. sleeves. Oh my! Like all the. Do you know how fi- how high they went up? Like all the way to the. Sh- what what constitutes a sleeve? I'm a tattoo novice here. So it has to be the full arm, and so if it, you have like half sleeve, it would be like half of the arm. If you have a sleeve, it's the whole arm. If I'm correct. Mm-hmm. All the mm-hmm. way around the. Ooh, that's yeah. gotta hurt a little bit, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, and then he received so. Jumping back to, I think it was Austin Thomas, actually. Mm-hmm. Jumping back to that, you know, he never received any criticism. No one ever, nothing? He doesn't think that he's had any negative reactions to it, so. Did anyone say why that, I mean, again, nothing against tattoos, but anyone say why that perception is changing? I think that, just from my opinion, I do think that it's just kind of becoming a lot more accepted socially and um, a lot pe- a lot more people are getting more trendy tattoos. As a- Ashley had mentioned that I talked to, a lot of college students specifically are getting more trendy um, looks and she said that could also have to do with the internet. I just think it is becoming a lot more normalized and it's not really um, a negative thing to have them anymore and people don't think differently of you if you have them. Yeah, and then if 47% of people in our age demographic, which between 18 and 29 have at least one tattoo. I, I guess that does make sense that no one's going to be all, you know, grumpy, grumpy about your tattoo in particular. But so how many people did you end up talking to or your students at least? Um, two students. And then I had and then I talked to Ashley from um, Pioneer Tattoo. So. And that was the one tattoo artist? Yes. Okay. I'm, can I assume she had a tattoo? 
you can assume it's kind of like you know you, you never want to eat food from a skinny chef or anything like that did she have nice tattoos i didn't interview her in person oh livy so it was i'm just heartbroken over the phone, but i did see her work and she's very talented i'll take your word for it <laughs> i'll take your word for it okay so we're talking about more people getting tattoos and i know one of your sources had um, two full sleeves what did did um, ashley go into detail what type of tattoos they're getting or is it just kind of you know they're just getting more tattoos regarding um the trends and specifically with college students she said that it's really common to have a floral tattoo which is what i have and also minimalist which is i also consider what i have to be sort of more of a minimal minimalist tattoo and that is actually what parker had as well the minimum the minimalist one is that like it sounds like a little simple yes design. very like simple clean lines things like that clean lines so that's like I don't, I'm not a tattoo person, so you're talking about lines and the shading and the this and, the, but again, people keep showing me their tattoos, like, look how clean these lines are. I'm like, sure, that's so straight. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's impressive. So a minimalist tattoo, trying to wrap, it could be kind of like a floral tattoo. Yeah. Like I said, mine's like both. Hmm. In my opinion, I mean. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm not against it. Jermaine, you were smiling. Did you have something to say? Yeah, so um, I think uh, the minimal tattoo trend is a very, like, popular one now, so I would agree with that. Um, the people that I, were, that I was around when I was getting mine, I was in the Navy, so I got a lot of, like, nautical tattoos. And, you know, so I guess it just depends on where you're at and who you're with and what <laughs> inspires you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a couple sources mentioned, you know, location, this, that, and the other impacts you know at least it impacts the reaction to the tattoo what you may get and i guess if you're in the middle of you know, the country and you're in kansas you're probably not going to get anything with the ocean so true. one thing that ashley had said that i thought was interesting was she's had spent a couple years in seattle and she said that she, the first time she ever walked into a bank she saw a man with face tattoos uh, as a bank teller working there and That's that was awesome. completely accepted but you know it might not as accepted as it is in Chicago, it might not be at that level of acceptance. So I just find that interesting because I do think it could also do with like the prog the progressive levels of that city. Hmm. That is a whole full face tattoo as a bank teller. Mm -hmm. I was at the bank this morning and he was he did not have a face tattoo. <laughs> that that catches me a little bit by surprise, but it is the way we are going and it's good stuff by my book. Livy, unfortunately we are out of time. I'm gonna have to let you go. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so Jermaine, we did have to let Livy leave, but I still have you in the booth here, and uh, you had your own story this week. You had a couple you can find in the print edition from Jermaine, but specifically, what are we talking about right now? So I am covering this week a story by um, well about Alderman uh, Hopkins. He's trying to pass an ordinance that would allow for um, businesses to register public art on their buildings as art and not graffiti so there wouldn't be any misunderstanding um, and some of the buildings wouldn't have the the opportunity for like the murals to be taken away or covered up or anything and like that. this this stems specifically from a, an incident a couple months ago was that with the something with cards against humanity right yeah so there was a mural on the side of the cards against humanity headquarters building um, and it was removed by city and sanitation workers 
And so the co-founders of Cards Against Humanity, they went to the aldermen and they were looking for a solution to this. And this also happened at the Palina Brown Line stop. It was another mural that was removed by city sanitation workers. So it's just been an issue around the city and the city has a lot of murals and public art that can be confused as graffiti. So it's just a, a good way to distinguish between the two. And in that specific incident, it wasn't purposefully removed. It was accidentally removed. The workers mistaked it for graffiti, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was reported as graffiti by a uh, city, a, a person in the city reported as graffiti, and then they... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's how it got taken down. That's Alderman Brian Hopkins of the Second Ward, which is around Lincoln Park-ish. That right? is yeah, correct, it's yeah. right around there. So I guess... Um, they're trying to, the ordinance specifically, it's supposed to protect graffiti, and they're not graffiti, it's supposed to protect the murals, but right. you kind of mentioned how specifically does it, so it, it's the registration process. Yes. So he's trying to um, basically make it a way that if a business or um, taxpayer's money go towards a mural, um, that business can register for a plaque, and it can be placed underneath the work of art, and oh. that way there's no confusion also he's trying to require that city and sanitation workers um contact um city hall before they try to take something down and so also that would take away from the so so he's he's going to protect it by just simply it's like more reporting like you can't take it down without asking all that stuff is a plaque so it's not like he's putting up plastic or something like no 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 one takes this down no definitely it'll be like the idea is there would be a placard on the side of the building near the painting so that the city of sanitation workers could Mm -hmm. see it and it wouldn't be any misunderstanding okay and i'm assuming that probably has the fancy city crest of chicago's mayor office and all that that good stuff i would that'd be a little weird if it was just like a general plaque and it's like yeah you should know there Mm -hmm. it is but um I mean, it's interesting because Chicago is a pretty artsy city. Yes. You know, so to speak. I think even Torrance Powell, one of your sources, talked about, you know, what it's like being around in Chicago and the neighborhoods and seeing all the art. So we can take a listen to that right now. I think it's very important because cause with this, you're, you're, some art, you're showing the heritage, the importance, the, the, the culture, the history of that, of that part of the city, mm-hmm. like Pilsen, some of the Mexican heritage and and then that was Torrance Powell specifically kind of addressing the Pilsen neighborhood and the art, the heritage you can see from the murals on the some buildings there, which is always interesting. Yeah. You know, you walk around and you think, well, I'll see the heritage in mm-hmm. maybe a park or, you know, without buildings are around and you can see things like that. But murals are really... They really kind of convey that. Yeah, and it was so interesting that he brought up Pilsen because I recently moved to that area. And so walking from my apartment to maybe a coffee shop, you can see three or four different murals that are talking about the history or the heritage of like Mexican immigrant workers or immigrants to that area. And it's really awesome. And and Chicago is a place full of different neighborhoods and distinguishable neighborhoods. And within those neighborhoods, they have their own individual identities and, and forms of artwork. And I think it would be a shame if those longstanding murals got re- removed accidentally, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I also find, you know, feel bad for the artists. Could you imagine, like, I've seen some pretty crazy murals in some yeah. pretty weird spaces. And I'm, at least I'm pretty sure they're murals. I don't think a mm-hmm. graffiti artist could get there without someone catching them. But, you know, you see all this detail and all that. And it would just you know, not be fun to have a, a streets and sanitation worker power wash that all away. Right. And I, uh, during my research, I saw that uh, Hebrew Brantley, who was a Chicago artist, 
he had a mural around in the city that was removed by city and sanitation workers. And um, he had to do another one, you know what I mean? And of course he's committed to the city, so he wants his art displayed, but that's that's terrible. Though. I mean, how many hours does it have to take? It's because like, I'm driving on the CTA and yeah. I'm sitting there and like we pass a building and there's like one at the top of the building. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, super detailed, mm-hmm. very, yeah. very descriptive. And imagine if that was. And I know, I know some of your sources are like, well, murals are cool, mm-hmm. you know? So we want to keep those around as much as possible. So. It, it's currently an ordinance or it still has to be approved? It's, it's being approved. Um, I think the hangup is distinguishing what's graffiti and what's uh, public the Kind of like the reporting process through right, it? Right. And also um, there are some that are commissioned and there are some that aren't. You know what I mean? So uh, what can be considered graffiti and what can be considered public right. art, be it if it was paid for or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so it because businesses report it if i remember right. correctly so essentially it's kind of at the discretion of the business if like oh that's a that's a mural when it may not be in the city's like you know no, we should probably take that down and yeah. okay Definitely. i could see that causing some hang-ups but um i, I think i remember something because i kind of looked over your story before heading on here mm-hmm. i don't know if this made it in i don't know if i just remember did the alderman propose something about Chicago? There's something with Chicago and art that I think I'm missing. Yeah, it seems like his tagline or his uh, his headline is kind of like Chicago can be the art capital of the United States or maybe even the world um, because of the art that's displayed publicly on the different buildings around the city. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, like it just makes it more colorful. Yeah, know? I think one of your sources said that I'm not trying to steal their direct quote but i think i remember reading like you know murals make things more interesting like the other one said like murals are cool of course yeah like, if you want to you want to see beautiful things when you're walking around the city yeah. i think it si- shines a brighter light on the city and makes people want to come and you know yeah. you want to walk down the streets and you want people walking down and taking pictures or you know posting it on their social media that hey i was in chicago and i saw this beautiful mural yeah, and I mean, we're recording right now on 33 I.W. Wells Driver, 33 East Congress, whatever you remember it as. But there's, I think that's the, the moose and the blue walls, like mm-hmm. right outside. And I see people taking pictures there all the time. Yeah, it's an awesome piece of art. Yeah, it's like not, it's like nonstop. I think the Chronicle, anytime we're like, we need a photo of yeah. someone standing at something, it's like, no, well, let's go to the blue wall. You know, let's take care of it that way. Yeah, there's countless the, times I'm walking to class and people are doing photo shoots. Over yeah, there, no, so. it, it, it's also kind of funny sometimes because I've seen that so many times that I'm walking by and someone runs up and they're taking selfies mm-hmm. with it. I'm like, oh, that's right. People don't see this every day. So you can kind of take it for granted in that respect. Yeah, as a Chicagoan, you get used to it, but I think it's a good thing for the city. I think people should be happy to take pictures of the city because it's a beautiful city. Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs. Not too much art happening around there. No one's one's fault, but, you know, not many muralists per capita down there. Jermaine, I only got a couple minutes left with you here, so I don't know if there's anything else that uh, we're missing with your story. Um... I wouldn't say anything that we're missing. I would just say if you're out there and you're walking the streets and you see murals or you see art, take a picture of it, enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a beautiful city. It's beautiful works around the city. So, yeah, enjoy it, especially while the weather's warm and the weather's still nice. Yeah. So enjoy no, it. We got, no, enjoy there's the not city. too much time left for that before it becomes very cold and very snowy. Jermaine, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Over to the final person of the show here. We have Kevin Tyung Sung, multimedia reporter. Did I say your name wrong? It's okay. Did I say it wrong? It's. I don't want to say it. No, all. there's no G. So no, there is a G. Dude. No, like you don't. Say, you said it. You said it right. It's Tyung Sung. 
chunks out. It's like Johnson within a little. It was the Asian pause. Beginning. Okay, well you gave me the big head nod. It's I just paused too long. Okay, no, I didn't say it that wrong. Bonus points for me, Kevin. Unlike Jermaine and Livy, you are a multimedia reporter, which means you use video to convey your story. So what were you, uh, it was an event coverage this week, right? Yeah, for this week, um, what I was working on was a kind of like a short video on Constitution Day. It's a 10th annual thing that's happened in Chicago, but it, you know, it's long history in other cities. Um, this time around, it was like hosted by our Illinois Secretary of State, Jesse White, and it was like, they chose 60 people from, like, a lot of different countries. I can't say the number exactly it is in the video. You can kind of tell because they were in Daily Plaza. It looks like they had a bunch of chairs set up, and they kind of filled it up. So, yeah, you know, Daily Plaza not being that small, how it probably at least 60-ish. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was exactly 60. Oh, exactly 60. Boom. 60 exactly, um, but it was, like, a bunch of different countries. Yeah, so it, not the typical ones. So it's not like, oh, here's a bunch of people who are getting naturalized from Mexico mm-hmm. or, you know, it's all kind of all over the globe. Yeah, yeah. It was like countries I forgot existed. I mean, I, mean, I kind of saw the flags being, because I, I saw the video and they had the flags on. And some flags, I'm like, what? Yeah. Which one? I don't know that one. Like yeah, that. yeah. And there was like a shorter flag and it wasn't as long as the others. Like a I'm triangle like, flag. Those flags always get me when it's, like, not the same shape, and I'm like, I forget that you can do that. Yeah. I forget that it doesn't have to be a square little guy right there. So you were – it was a the Constitution Day, a bunch of countries. It was a naturalization event? Right, exactly. And so naturalization is the process of becoming a citizen? That's correct. Okay, boom. Got it again. So I – I mean, I, I get the event. I saw the video. So it, it was a bunch of people who were already naturalized and they were just finishing or they weren't technically naturalized, but they had to do the final step. Right. So what it kind of was, was they knew for sure they were going to get naturalized, but they okay. was basically kind of like a It was like a, it was like a ceremony. Okay. Ceremony. It's yeah. like a ceremony. Mm-hmm. I'd say ceremony, not performance, but they were officially sworn under, sworn in outside there. Out yeah, that, Daily Plaza. that really like... I, that's super cool. You know, like uh, my grandmother, I don't know how she got naturalized, but she came here from Mexico. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she hardly remembers the story. She just tells me that she paid an immigration lawyer and, you know, that was, they took care of the paperwork and stuff and, you know, now she's a citizen. So, right. yeah, normally it's like that. Like if it, you know, if you weren't one of the 60 people, you just, you don't swear in front of a judge outside Daily Plaza. Yeah, no, because he was up there, and he was speaking, and he's, like, doing, you know, the recite after me. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. So it was Secretary of State Jesse White hosted this? He hosted it, um, but he wasn't, like, speaking. And, and mm-hmm. Judge um, Ruben Castillo, he was the guy who sworn them in. Um, so it's all yeah. it's all official. I mean, again, that still kind of blows my mind that it was, like, an outdoor, you know, public thing for Constitution Day. I think it was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, Not I to keep it saying it was cool. cool, but it's like, you know, I never had heard of this where it's like, you know, let's all, you know, take care of this. Let's get this going. Yeah. To be honest with you, I had no idea what Constitution Day was until I showed up there because I wanted to learn as well, like, you know, as like the people would learn from the video. So yeah. I learned a lot and it was like really good stuff. And then for some people who may not know out there, what is Constitution Day exactly? Constitution Day. So Constitution Day is, um, so... I mean, September 17th of 1787, the U.S. Um, signed the Constitution. And they kind of like, 
do do it like roughly at the same day every year to commemorate that. They they do what roughly? Oh, um, like September seventeenth, they try to like hit that mark. Oh, okay, no, okay, yeah. yeah. But I mean, obviously, it falls on like a Wednesday. They're not gonna be like, okay, everybody, you know, let's come on a Wednesday. So that yeah. it, it's around that time span. Okay, and then you said you learned a lot of shooting this video besides Constitution Day. What are the other things that you were sitting there and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things was just like learning about how many countries there were. Um, it's 197. There's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna double check that. Let's yeah. get some. Let's get some facts on the air. Let's get here. some facts on the air. Okay, but yeah, like the amount of countries that were. The amount of like people from different countries that are being sworn in was like very fascinating to me. Um, I also learned a lot about the judge because he kind of spoke about his history too. Um, his last name's Castillo, so he's a uh, his mother immigrated and she was naturalized, so she he had history. So he's the second generation. He's second generation. Okay, cool. Yes. I'm okay. I have I do have a question. So sure. my grandmother came over, then it was my dad, or he'd be first generation if it was his mother. So my grandmother came over, it was his dad. And then, or my dad, and then my dad had me and my brothers, so I'm a second generation. Yeah, you're second generation. Boom. Just got here. Also, 195 countries. 195? I was two off. Whoa. Yeah, Wait, it's, a, it's a fair bit. I thought it was more. I thought it was like 300 countries. Well, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's a lot of countries. <laughs> at least, it's, it's probably at least 300 cities. That's probably what I meant. At least, at the very least. I would really hope so. I mean, there's... Right. Right. Before we get into all that math, uh, back to more what you were learning about. Um, so Judge Castillo? Yeah, Judge Castillo. Um, yeah, he's a district court chief, but he moved up from um, a bunch of other things before that. But, like, he was very proud of the fact that, like, um, his parents, like, saw him as a, an immigrant become District become chief. a judge and, and get judge to the level where he is. Yeah, and it's kind of that cool, like, um, I don't know the correct word for it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, it's not a juxtaposition, but, like, you know, the son of an immigrant now swearing in all these people's naturalized citizens. Right. And yeah. That's pro- probably partially why he was the one doing it, um, because they knew that he could relate to it and he could yeah. better understand. There's it. a little bit of that comfort factor, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, too. Um, but, yeah, no, he was very good, too, so. I would, I would hope he is. He had a lot of time to prepare, and he had the whole stage. He had a good stage presence. I'll say that about uh, Mr. Judge Castillo. Yeah, he was moving his arms a lot. It was good. Yeah, why? Well, he had to also hold his hand up, and everyone had their the hand up. Time. That's yeah, hard. no, it was a lot of straight. Like, man, I would like be tired. Yes. <laughs> if I'm just okay. Well, how long did this event go on? So they probably, you know, they all got there, and then he swore them in and, and finished all the proceedings. And I think they handed them. All their papers and stuff, right? Yeah, right? individually, okay. they were their names were called out. They went up, kind of like graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got handed in their actual like papers. That's only that, that's crazy. Could you yeah. imagine just like walking up like here you actual go diploma? Like, that must be nice. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no. So they did that. Um, the whole naturalization process wasn't that long. It was probably only twenty minutes. Okay. About that because I started at nine. No, that's not true. It's not that accurate at all. It started at twelve thirty. You were three hours. No, it started at 12. It started, started at 12. It ended at 12.30. That's what it was. Okay, so the whole event was about a half hour, maybe an hour long-ish. Yeah, yeah. It but wasn't people, long at all. People kind of lingered a bit. Okay, yeah, that's actually a, a bit short there. Um, but you did speak to one or two people. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to a couple people afterwards. Um, I'm not sure um, how many of them are actually ending up on the final video or ended you know, up how, on the final video. How it all uh, uh, shook, shook out. But I know I think one couple... 
that at least I'm aware of. One, like, I think the wife applied for, like, a year, and right. you were in that process for a year, and the husband a year and a half. Yep. Was that about the other people you talked to about the right time estimate? It, it, it was different. Uh, some people took longer, and then some people didn't take as long. Um, come, uh, for me, my mom also got mm-hmm. her citizenship because we moved. She immigrated, too, before I was here. Um, but it took her about two and a half years to get it all um, all done just because of, you know, getting your papers from different countries, shipping yeah, it, yeah. And mailing it, and, like, getting it signed and so, sending it back. And then some of the people people you talked to, you said took longer. So we had a year, year and a half. Your mother about two-ish years. Yeah, yeah. So was... The longest that I heard of, at least, was, like, three years. Three years? Okay, so it's not, like, 15 years or anything crazy. No, was, was I'm sure it happens. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but at least at that event, mm-hmm. it was mostly timely. Again, I have no idea what my grandmother's was because, oh, that might have been in the 19-somethings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And my grandfather was born in, like, the 1930s, so that'd probably be, she came as, like, a teenager, so that'd be the 1940s or the 1950s. That's yeah. incredible. She, did she immigrate to Chicago? Uh, she met my grandfather in Des Plaines. Des Plaines, so, Illinois. Oh, wait, 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 seriously? Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, the Des Plaines, and they live in Elgin now. And then my family, my immediate family lives in Lake Barrington, like Zurich-ish okay. area. Okay, yeah. So, Kevin, we don't have too much more time here in the podcast. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, here, let's no, end, I think we, we can end this on a happy note. What was the quickest time you'd heard of that someone got there, that got naturalized at the event? Oh, at least... From the people I spoke with, because mm-hmm. I didn't speak to everybody, 60 people is a lot. Um, a year. A year was quick. A year? That's not half bad. Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of what people expect it to be. Yeah, that, that seems, especially with the business days and going through all that, that's not half right, yeah. bad at it's all, Kevin. Unfortunately, we are out of time. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and you have a great day, sir. All right, you too. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. You can check out all these stories and more in our print edition available on campus, on our website, ColumbiaChronicle.com, and our additional coverage on social media. We are at CC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and The Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of the staff of the Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the chair of the communication department, Suzanne McBride. I've been your host, Blaze Massa. Until next time.